On this episode of the podcast, Clay Sweet and Jason Baker sat down and talked to USM baseball coach Scott Berry ahead of the Super Regional this weekend against Tennessee in Hattiesburg. If you're looking for a place for that much-needed pregame meal, a place to just take in the game, or a place to have your postgame celebration, visit Champion Sports Bistro. They are a family-oriented sports bistro located at 113 West Canal Street in downtown Picayune. With food and drink specials throughout the week, Champions is a great place to enjoy lunch or dinner. They are open Monday through Thursday, 11 to 10, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 1. Champions Sports Bistro is Picayune's bistro for champions. Johnson Farms and Meat Market. Where can you find a full-service butcher shop that carries only the finest beef? From Mississippi farm-raised corn-fed cattle? Why, that would be Johnson Farms and Meat Market in Picayune. Shop at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of Highway 11 and North Hall in Picayune. Johnson Farms and Meat Market, where quality beef begins. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, the local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popperville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. We're now joined by the play-by-play boys for the ESPN Plus broadcast, Jason Baker and also Coach Barry. Coach Barry, man, thanks so much for taking time for Jason and I. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Coach, it's, it's I guess, awkward in a sense, but kind of cool to be able to delay retirement. I don't know there's many roles in life where – that's the goal, but that's where we are with you and your career there at Southern Miss, um, trying to delay this retirement for a few more weeks. How excited are you to have baseball back at the peak this weekend? Oh, I'm extremely excited, and I'm, I'm very grateful for our, our players and our coaches and everybody that has worked so hard to, to make this happen. Uh, you know, this is what we set out to do when we start this journey back in August. And that first team meeting is, is to continue to, to walk this walk. And uh, certainly we've been fortunate to do that, but we, uh, we've earned every bit of it. I'm, I'm just very, uh, very proud to, to, to be a part of it and watch these guys go out and compete each day. And Coach, how much, how much are you excited in the fact that you've got some guys that are wrapping up, you know, what I would call iconic careers in, in navigating through their final season. I, I suspect Tanner Hall is pitching into black and gold inside B. Taylor Park for now. Uh, what we officially know will be, I think, the final time. I, I'm sure the major leagues will come calling Justin Storm. I would suspect probably the same way. How much have you have you maybe allowed yourself to think about, like, man, what a moment it's going to be for Tanner this weekend to, to toe the rubber one final time at Pete Taylor Park and, and other guys, Danny Lynch, Chris Sargent, uh, those those guys getting kind of a, a farewell goodbye, if you will, in front of the patrons of the Pete. 
Well, you know, if we, if we go back to the Lafayette weekend, and that was what people thought might be Tanner's last uh, time to pitch here. And, and after that game, and, and we always kind of break down the game and, and certainly give praise to, to the ones that, that stood out. And I can remember saying that that particular post-game team meeting that don't, I hope that we continue to play well and, and hope this is not his last time to pitch at Pete Taylor Park. You know, what, what's in our hands is the ability to go out, the opportunity to win, and whatever happens after that happens. So certainly when we uh, didn't uh, get the uh, regional and we had to go to Auburn, that was a little speed bump that, that, uh, that, was, uh, that was in our way. But, you know, we, we did what we needed to do and, and we were able to win that thing and we were rewarded rightfully so with with a super host which brings it all full circle back around for not only tanner but danny and sarge and uh, blake johnson and and uh, a number of guys and not to mention some of them that can still come back that you know will probably have the opportunity to sign after the season who knows this may be their their last time as well but you know one thing that we map out uh, guys in that first meeting is is that you, when you finish your time here, that you leave this place better than you found it, and and that's been that's been our motto for a long time. And and with that, you know that consistency, that accountability and responsibility that each one of these individuals or each signing class feels that they have to carry on is is a big reason of why we're here today. Because success just creates success, and uh, certainly we're piggybacking off from all those. Uh, before us in, in our success this year as well. Coach, you talk about some upperclassmen, and, and Jason led you into to doing that with his question. But when you look at a, a freshman and the way that Nick Monaster has added to this lineup and played a brilliant second base, has helped on the mound some too, can you just kind of speak to how important his role has been for this team? Well, I think he's been the spark plug that we needed. You know, it dates back to the third game and final game of the Old Dominion series on Easter weekend when I inserted him in the lineup. And, you know, he's given me no reason, obviously, to take him out of that out of that lineup. He started out in the eight hole and uh, has worked himself one notch down to the seven hole where, where I'm real, real uh, confident in, in the positioning of the lineup where it is but you know he gives us uh, that added length in our lineup down there at the end uh has been a, a tremendous tremendous uh, impact it, you know he's hitting 328 he's got over 100 abs now he's at 119 you know nine doubles four four home runs and has played pretty good defense you know so he's that youth that we need and a kind of funny story yesterday i was going over back to the dust center yesterday and i was driving in a dorm uh, that's not our dorm for our freshmen, I saw, I said, well, that looks like Nick Monster coming out of that dorm. I wonder what he's doing. So I rolled down the window. I said, what are you doing coming out of there? And he was like, well, that's where they're housing us now since we're out of school. They've made us move over here. And I, I swear to you, I looked at him. I said, Nick, I forgot you were even a freshman. You know the truth. <laughs> and, uh, and he just kind of laughed. And I just had to laugh at myself, you know, because what he has done on that ball field is not what normally a freshman usually does. And, you know, he, once again, we've had those guys that have played ahead of their age. And certainly he's one of those guys that, 
that plays older than what he is. To, to kind of lead into that, Carson Pato's a guy that, you know, a year ago burst onto the scene, Scott, and the, the year that he had was was just remarkable. And I, I would imagine the bar was so high coming into this year. And I think he's kind of gone through the ebbs and flows of a baseball season. You have him in that eight hole now, right behind Nick Monastere. And I think Carson's a kid who embraces big moments. He, to me, when when the the lights are the brightest, he he finds a way. He had a huge two run double Monday in the in the clincher of the regional finale. Can you talk about the patience of of sticking with a young man like Carson, who had a lot of success last year and kind of went through the the ebbs and flows of the baseball season this season? Well, you know. Phenomenal year last year. He's, uh, you know, he's actually hit 30 points higher than, than he finished last year. Of, of course, his power numbers aren't, aren't what they were last year, uh, particularly on the home run side. But what he brings to us is he also brings that, that, that link down there in that, in that batting order. You know, last year he hit most of the time, Jason, in the eight hole until Montenegro gave the older brother got hit in the uh, in the eye and we had to yeah. shut him down where Gabe had always been our, our leadoff guy. Well, I had to come up with a whole new leadoff guy and we were playing, you know, pretty good baseball at that time and I was like, oh, this is going to disrupt the lineup but, you know, who who does a good job of getting on base? Who, who does a good job of laying off pitches out of the zone? And it all came back. I just kept going back to Peto. You know, Peto took his walks and and, and certainly we, we inserted him in that leadoff spot the whole time that Gabe was, was missing. And, you know, I, I'll tell you what, it was kind of phenomenal because when Gabe finally was able to come back, you looked at our record and we were like, I mean, I don't know, it was like 14 and 0 with Pato in the leadoff spot. So I was kind of like, oh man, um, you know, what do I need to do here? So I knew that Gabe was going to kind of, you know, maybe have a little struggles just in confidence and assurance that that wasn't going to come at his face again. So I kind of just didn't put the pressure on. I left Carson there until Gabe got going back. And so then uh, I didn't put Peyto uh, all the way back to, to the eight hole. I kind of stopped him there in the fifth hole because his power, everything was starting to kick in. And, you know, He's a guy this year that I really look at like Sarge. You know, are their numbers the same as they were last year? No. But are they giving us those great at-bats and times that we need it? Yes, they are. And and the reason that they're in there is because they've shown me in the past that they're capable of doing that. They've proved that they're going to do it. And when you do that, you're going to continue to do it. And it's going to show back up. So Carson is certainly one of those examples that, that – that shows me that, you know, he's, he's done it, and I believe he can do it. I'm going to stay with him. Jason Baker, Clay Sweet, joined by Coach Barry here on the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Coach Barry, can you kind of speak to the mentality of that pitching staff over over the year, but particularly over this past uh, weekend, some some brilliant performances and some real want to to take the ball again. Can you kind of describe the comfort it was to – have those guys throw on some short and rest and the mentality um, from the student athletes to say, yeah, I'm okay, give me the ball again. Well, I just think that it, it, it shows who these individuals are. It shows what our program is about, the willingness to go out there on days when you know you're not going to have your best stuff, 
uh, possibly because you might be a little bit tired from, from previous outings. But you still say, give me the ball. I want to go out there, and I want to win for my team. That says everything about those individuals. And it, it shows the makeup of, of that staff and, and what it's about. You know, for the first half of the season, we struggled trying to find the pieces of that staff and who to use and, and how to use them and who we were comfortable with. And, and there really wasn't a lot of separation between those relievers. You know, I think we had the, the, the starters that we needed that were out there. Those were identified. We identified those out of the fall. But, you know, in the fall, we had so many new faces that had entered our program at, at the uh, – at the absence of those that signed last year or graduated or whatever happened, they were no, they were no longer here. So, you know, the first half, it was a struggle trying to find those guys and who we had confidence in and those that had confidence in themselves. But over the course of this second half, certainly that we've gotten that separation. We know who we can use. We know who we can trust uh, because they have shown the consistency to go out there and do it. And, you know, just like this past tournament, those guys that, that took that ball and went out there for us, those are the ones that we've hung our hat on uh, for, for a while now that we trust and have shown that, hey, they're the guys that need to be there. And very grateful for them stepping up. And those that, that haven't been out there, then they need to use that time to watch and learn these guys that are in front of them so that they, too, at some point in their development can show that consistency and, and instill that confidence in themselves to go out and do it by, by merely watching. Coach, when, when you look at it from a super regional standpoint, sometimes to me, you know, the, the number of games is condensed down to a, the best of three weekend series, but how much is it maybe the role of those, as you, as you mentioned, some guys that, played a small role in that regional, like a Chandler Dawson. How much does he need to be on edge for a super regional uh, that's going to take place in Hattiesburg this weekend? Because you truly just never know when you may need an arm like that to come in and, and get an out. How, how pivotal are those kind of role players, if you will, out of a bullpen uh, to locking down a series and, and getting two more wins and getting yourself to Omaha? Well, Jason, it, it's a simple answer to me. If you're on that 27-man roster and you're on there for a reason, you are there to contribute when asked. You need to be ready to go. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, present. It's what we are, um, or what we're going to encounter here this this weekend, and you have to be ready to go. As as we talk every every time. We have a at that pregame meeting out there in the field. It's it's all hands on deck, man. You got to be locked in. You got to be present to win. And if you're not, then you know you're gonna the game's gonna find you. And so, you know, you mentioned Chandler Dawson. Absolutely, you know that guy plays a role for us, uh, rightfully so. If you just quizzed him and said, "Hey, are you happy with all the innings you got?" You know, he would probably be honestly say, "Hey, I wish I'd have gotten more." But he would also probably say, I'm doing what they ask me to do, and that's that's what that's what my job is. So, yeah, I mean, everybody needs to be ready to go, even though it's a three-game series. You know, we just got through with five games in four days. This is three games, um, possibly in, in three days. Everybody's got to be ready to go. Coach, you mentioned uh, having to run the gauntlet and win that Auburn Regional. 
how important, of course, the great news to get to host at your park, but then to see that Saturday uh, flash instead of a Friday, how good a news was that to kind of steal an extra day? Really good news. <clears throat> and honestly, I don't know if that was uh, planned on the committee's part because we played on a Monday, uh, that they were giving those on Monday's extra day's rest. I haven't broke it down, honestly, to see on the other seven super regional sites who played on Monday, if, if it all lines up like that. But I know that there was a question um, that was asked in, in the committee did, did Southern Miss, you know, did they play on a Monday? So I think they probably take that in consideration, you know, given that that program or that team an extra day's rest with that. And and if not, then, hey, I'm, I feel like we were lucky to get that Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. Talk to us about Tennessee. I know Coach Vitello is a, is a I believe, a friend of yours. I, I think you've told Cliff and I. Uh, in some conversations that he's a guy that you res you certainly respect what he's done with the Tennessee program. But I believe you've even sort of mentioned away from the field, you, you and him are uh, quite friends. But what do you anticipate from the volunteers and uh, what kind of ball club is, is coming to Hattiesburg this weekend? Well, you're right. Tony and I are good friends. We're both, both guys from Missouri. He's from St. Louis, which is down – the other end of the state. I'm, I'm from over there in the southwest corner, but uh, we're both show-me state guys, and, and uh, I have a ton of respect for him. You know, uh, as I watched his career as, a, as an assistant at Missouri, TCU, Arkansas, and now as the head coach, certainly uh, he's able to attract the talent that, that they have, and that's what sticks out, you know, to me is just that talent level that they have, that, that skill set that those guys, uh, that, that each one of his players, the pitching staff is phenomenal. You know, with the night that they beat Clemson in 14 innings, I watched those arms come out, and I was like, this is a big league staff. I mean, this every one of them are 98, 95, 98 miles an hour. So certainly their pitching staff, which is, uh, which is headed up by Frank Anderson. Uh, he's the pitching coach there. Frank and I have been friends since 1990. He cut his teeth in the JUCO uh, market with Howard Junior College uh, back then and, and was a pitching coach at Texas Tech, Texas, was the head coach at Oklahoma State. So Frank and I have been friends a long time. Ton of respect. Great pitching, great pitching guy and uh, kind of a mentor to, to Tony. In all honesty, when Tony brought him on, Tony had never been a head coach. So, you know, he kind of needed that that guy beside him that had been through that that type of uh, role as a head coach. And, and Frank's been good for Tony. We've all talked about it and, and how the chemistry of that staff is. And So there's a couple other guys on their staff that I know as well. But Tennessee, they're going to be very athletic guys, uh, very good on the mound. Obviously, the power numbers would which, which stand out to you, 100 and, 122 home runs, 106 doubles. So, you know, they're in triple digits. And both of those, um, they're, they're just a very sound club. They fill the 976, so they don't beat themselves a whole lot uh, with errors. With a, a pretty good challenge that we have in front of us. Coach, I want to follow up with, with a, I guess, maybe one of our final questions to you as, as we begin to wrap up this interview with Scott Barry. I asked you about Tanner getting his, his opportunity. I, it's 
well as I know you, and I know it's never wanting to be about yourself, but uh, obviously when you announced the retirement and with the fun out, the final weekend against Louisiana, have you had a moment this week where you've thought about the fact that, you know, these are the final three games you'll coach at Pete Taylor Park, and um, I know the school has done special tributes for you that we aired on our broadcast, and the outpouring of support that has come from across the state. Has there been a moment yet that you've maybe looked at Laura and your family and said, well, these are these are the final three at Pete Taylor Park, or will you even allow yourself to, to think about that moment, if you will? Jason, you kind of just took me to my knees. I didn't realize it was my final mm. final time at the park. I, and, and I guess I just answered your question. No, I really hadn't thought about that. You know, in all honesty, I really feel like that, and I may be different, you know, when the last game's over, you know, the emotions may just may may just overcome me. But um, you know, I, when I when I announced that on that Tuesday, it was like a huge weight had been lifted off of me because I've kept this inside since last August and um, didn't want it to be a distraction. Uh, you know, I didn't want the farewell tour. I didn't want any of that <laughs> stuff. You know, I just uh, that's not who I am, and I'm not saying that just to say it. I just. I just kind of just really shy away from that, but then when it was uh, expressed to me that that going into that final weekend it was important uh, to uh, to be able to announce it, and uh, that I, they thought that I would regret it if if I didn't. Of course, my biggest fear was it was going to be a distraction. I mean, we had won, you know, what 14 straight going into that yeah. series with with Lafayette and. Uh, and I didn't want it to be, and, and certainly it wasn't outside of the ten to one loss on game two. Uh, but we finished up, won that series. That was huge, and, and we've continued to roll since then, winning the Sun Belt Conference tournament, and then obviously, you know, going over to Auburn and winning that regional. And and I'm just so grateful for the opportunity for these players, our coaches, our fan base our community, our university, and the state of Mississippi, and I want to state that, the state of Mississippi, which is the greatest baseball state in our country, once again will host a super regional inside a, a state with a population of a little less than 3 million, if, if, if not 3 million. And that is outstanding. I mean, it, it is absolutely the greatest state. And, and I want everybody to share. I want all fan bases to share and what is so special about Mississippi, and that's the game of baseball. Coach Jason and I can't thank you enough for your time on what is as busy a week as you could possibly have. So it means a lot to us. And, and of course, good luck this weekend. Thank you, Coach. Oh, always my pleasure. And thank you all for, for bringing Southern Miss and Southern Miss baseball to the people.